at no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Hey, welcome to the Dwalthier Brand Show. I'm your host, Doug Crow, where you're going to want to take notes. And today's guest is uh, no exception. His bio is so long, I'm going to just read parts of it here and give you a little snippet of what we're going to have happen with us today. Um, he's a certified mindfulness and performance coach, but he's way more than that. This man has 25 years experience, results-based work. It's grounded neuroscience, mindfulness, human behavior, leadership training, et cetera. But what's really fascinating is the way he's actually applied his mindfulness coaching for his own life, uh, managing challenging and stressful situations. Uh, for example, he has biked and traveled over 30,000 kilometers around the planet on a mountain bike. He has traversed Africa, Asia, India, Nepal, Europe, North America. Along the way, he had to overcome obstacles that we're going to hear about that we probably won't even believe. But he's had some near-death experiences, worked with Fortune 500 companies. Um, He's got it going on. So without further ado, let's bring to the show here our guest today, Mr. Melo Galarco. It sounds Thank Italian. You. I think he's from Australia, but maybe he'll explain that to us. Yes, right? Australian born, Australian born with Italian background. From, got it. From, from Reggio Calabria, the south of Italy. Oh, nice. Okay. So Melo, what an amazing uh, bio you have. Um, in addition to getting some stories out of you, I'd like to hear more about... Uh, why people would want to listen to us for the next 20 minutes? What can we uh, what can we promise them? Well, in the work that I do as a transformational coach, mindfulness coach, and performance coach, I, I get some amazing results, you know, from, from clients. Some examples would be a client that I helped through cancer. Actually, I was with him the whole way through his cancer treatment and uh, yeah. helped him you know, through the whole process. And even the oncologist rang me up afterwards and rang up the, this particular guy and said in the 40 years of oncology that he's worked, he has never seen anybody come out unscathed the way he did with such a positive mindset, wow. physically, mentally strong all the way through. So it's yeah. a testament to, to that. And the other, that, I often get stories like that. So often yeah. after I do programs or courses or workshops, someone will bump into me in the street and say, hey, Melo, you did that you know, lunch and learn session for our company. And mm -hmm. I have to tell you, you saved my marriage. You know, some of the uh, tips that you actually shared with me on that yeah. day, they saved my marriage, they helped me with my children. So nice. I like hearing all those transformational stories from very simple techniques. So if you stick nice. around, okay. you might learn your technique. I want to hear about those techniques, but before we do, I want to hear about this mountain biking around the world thing. So what was that about? How did you decide to do that? Well, five of us had a crazy idea of mountain biking around the planet um <clears throat> hopefully doing it off-road so just mostly off-road so we got the maps out got everything out to plan this trip across africa asia america europe <clears throat> unfortunately one by one they all backed out on me they all bailed <laughs> because it became pretty scary when we started looking at the congo and nigeria and places like that so i did it on my own and congo, I'm, really I'm more worried about the pacific ocean it's really hard biking there you know it's tough <laughs> I had floaties on. I had floaties. <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, so yeah, from everybody trying to say, don't do it, Melo, don't do it, Melo, I thought, yeah. you know what, let's just do it. So I did it and yeah. cycled around the planet and had amazing experiences along the way. And I'm really yeah. glad I did it on my own in the end because yeah. I chose to do it at my pace. 
I lived in monasteries and temples along the way and immersed mm. myself in spiritual practices, mostly oh. staying with indigenous people. So you know, the Navajo in, in America or the, mm. the, the Maasai in Africa and had absolutely mind blowing experiences. I can't imagine. What was it that, uh, what was the stimulation for deciding to do that? I think at the time I was in this sort of limbo period, you know, doing sort of meaningless work. Nothing was really sticking, just working in yeah. any job without any direction. And uh -huh. um, at the time I was also immersed in internal martial arts, so Shaolin Kung Fu and meditation yeah. and Tai Chi. And I thought I want to find out more and explore the planet and see see what people are doing around the world with this. So. Yeah. It led me on a pretty much a three decade journey of self exploration. The, the cycling itself took about two and a half years, um, yeah. maybe three years. I even met my wife over there in Africa on the back of a truck um, who's Swiss. And nice. uh, you know, we continue to travel around the world. So for me, it was it was a major turning point in my life. Did, in did you do it all at once or did you go back and take breaks and come back and just do it a section at a time? I did whatever was moving. So it wasn't always by bike, to be honest. So um, whatever was moving, whether I hang my bike up on the back of a truck, because some yeah. some regions traveling through the Sahara, for example, there was like yeah. military convoys you couldn't get through. Right. Um, really sick many times. I caught malaria um, in mm. Benin, Africa, which nearly killed me. So I sort of changed my route and my plan. Right. I then also went through the Himalaya. So I went through the Indian and Nepal Himalaya. Some of that mm -hmm. was by bike. Some of that was trekking. Um, some of that was horseback. Some of that was whatever moved: elephant, horse, goat, cow. You know, sort of um, just to do whatever I did. But it was pretty much continuous um, along the way, unless I got really sick that you know, decked me for a while. Yeah. Wow. My, my son and I did that, but we do we jet planes. We went around the world after college. We went on for a year, and we oh, went wow. the planet, but we didn't we didn't do it rough like you. We just you know we didn't do too many touristy things. The only touristy things we did was like you know pyramids and Louvre and stuff but that was just like you know day trip the rest of the time we were yeah. in with the locals but um so two and a half years by uh by goat by bike um walking um yeah so you just decided to do it just because you had a little was it a crisis or just curious what was the yeah the curiosity yeah. Uh, no i wouldn't say crisis but it was just the point where i was just like i said just not really finding yeah. My, my meaning and purpose and passion and I, right. I didn't mean to find it there but I did realize you know as I was preparing actually for the cycling trip um, I, I put myself in a situation where I was you know, riding my bike in different terrains and different environments to expose myself to the elements and one particular occasion where I was actually trained on a training run there was a, a huge storm that came through and it actually uh, knocked me off my bike it was a wow. um, cyclonic winds a tree hit me um, I'll cut the story short, but in short, I had nowhere to go externally. So I actually um, stopped. I was becoming hypothermic. My, my fingers were turning blue. My lips were turning yeah. blue. And I thought the world around me is chaos. There's trees being felled. There's you know storm and hail and you know minus sub-zero temperatures. And what I thought was if the world around me is so bad, I have to go within. So wow. I actually did. I went within and I practiced some breathing techniques that I learned from my Tai Chi master. And I did a meditation. I meditated from 6 p.m. at night to 6 a.m. in the morning, all the way through, sitting in the middle of the storm. And something something transformed in that moment. In that storm, even though there was a storm going on around me, I felt peaceful. I felt calm. I felt connected. I felt safe. I felt totally oblivious to the outside world. And in hindsight, when I think about that, that really taught me the power of the breath. 
the power of meditation and yeah. the power of you know what I do now. So in many ways, that curiosity of meditation and mindfulness led me to now the work that I do as a mindfulness coach and I teach meditation mm -hmm. techniques. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that, that that happened to me in a way because it really gave me the, the belief in the yeah. power. Like, it's so powerful. It's, I'm sometimes blown away when I work yeah. with clients on how powerful it is. You know, the the whole, um you know, mind over matter thing, people, you know, we hear anecdotes of a, you know, woman whose kids trapped in her car and lift the car up or, you know, things like that, yeah. or, you know, just breathing techniques. But 12 hours, man, I can't meditate more than 15 minutes without the monkey brain just <laughs> taking over. What, <laughs> exactly. How do you That's do that? How do you do, meditate for, for extended period like that? Well, I... I I think I just dropped into different brain frequencies. So I don't know. It was in such a life or death situation. Yeah. And I, I didn't even know time. Time stood still totally. Mm -hmm. So I dropped through different frequencies from alpha to theta, probably sort of nodded off and dozed off for a while. But the first thing I heard in the morning was the morning warble of a magpie, Australian bird, mm -hmm. making his little noise. I thought, oh, wow, it's suddenly morning. And I felt totally at peace, totally at peace. Yeah, from, and your from, fingers didn't fall off. No, I was actually hot. Actually, you know those little emergency blankets you get in your yeah. first aid yeah. kit that you think you're never going to use because how the hell can they save your life? But I did. I wrapped one of them around me and I just right. meditated, and and my body warmth and my body temperature actually okay. actually fired up. I was hot actually to the point of being hot. So it just yeah. shows what you can do with that power of the breath. Right. And in, in the work that I do, obviously, I, I teach meditation and I teach mindfulness and I teach breathing techniques. One of the most popular techniques that I teach because it's very implementable is a 90 second breath break, 90 mm. second technique. So you breathe deeply into your belly for 90 seconds. And I recently got feedback from a, a paramedic that I work with and I taught him this technique. And he said, he said, thank you, Milo, so much for teaching me this 90 second breathing technique because... I got to an accident. I opened up the back door of the car of the accident, and it was my son in the car. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and you know, blood all over him, lacerations all over him. So he totally lost it, lost you know all faculties. Oh, lost yeah, any reason? Yeah, yeah, total pa panic attack. And he remembered the ninety-second breathing technique. Is I'm going to do the ninety-second breathing technique. So he tapped into his breath, and after those ninety seconds, he was able to get cognition again. You know, get help and get one of his colleagues to help him out and do what he needed to do for his son to survive. Oh Luckily, goodness. his son was okay, went to hospital and, and was treated yeah. and was okay. But, you know, that 90 seconds can be the game changer, you know, in many situations. Wow. We're going to get to your book in a second. Is that 90 second yeah. technique? Is that something we could, is it, is it teachable in a brief period, like the next couple of minutes or does it take long to teach it? Um, yeah, it takes a few minutes, even though it's 90 seconds, but basically, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, in my book, I've got technique in there. I can, I can okay. share at, at the end of this episode, some free meditations, which actually the 90 second breathing technique is on there also. Okay, great. Yeah. We'll make sure you put that in the show notes here and, uh, and check that out. Sure. So let me we'll go back in time here and, and, uh, how did you get into this business of mindfulness coaching and all that meditation? Just a natural evolution in a way. Like just really followed my heart. So after that trip, after cycling around the world and doing all these things, I really found my passion to help people mm -hmm. and to spread yeah. the, the word and the mission as much as possible. I worked in mental health clinics for like 15 or 20 years. I okay. definitely cut my teeth in there and, yeah. and learned the good, the bad, the ugly. And then 
are transformed into more like leadership training and high performance right. coaching and working with you know, corporate companies. So yeah. I just followed my heart and, and all of it is totally experiential. You know, I, I learned yeah. my mindfulness on the road. I learned to, you know, as you said in the beginning there, resilience and how to rise above adversity and strength and all those sort of things. So mm-hmm. I, all of my work is experiential. And it's all nice. like I didn't I didn't learn mindfulness from a textbook, put it that way. I learned it through living it. So I share that with the world and in the yeah. I work with many Fortune five hundred companies. I work right. with uh, some of the biggest companies in the world and it just it comes from the heart. So yeah. um, it's easy. Do you do you take them out in the Himalayas too, or how do you do it when you're working with clients? <laughs> I do a lot of off site sessions for them. So we do go out to the forest and into the places like that. Um, not quite the Himalayas. I'd love to do something like that, but uh I basically, yeah, three things that I teach pretty much is basically number one is self-awareness, teaching how to be more self-aware of themselves mm-hmm. as leaders, as high performers, as you know, mm-hmm. corporate executives or athletes. I coach you know, Olympic athletes and yeah. a whole range of people. Um, and then from that, I also teach them the ability to self-regulate. So mm-hmm. through a technique, through a breathing technique. So when life gets tough, you know, through challenging situations, they have these tools and techniques to self-regulate, to come back to themselves to ground mm-hmm. themselves and then one other big thing that i'm really passionate about right now i'm on a huge mission to help people beat burnout and you know, find balance in their life hence the book yeah. and um and i teach fundamental self-care practices to be honest like basic let's go back to basics you know make sure you're yeah. eating well sleeping well you know, because burnout is a consequence of you know unmanaged stress and yeah. and often cumulative lack of self-care yeah. So if we can actually reclaim our self-care, I had I had one client who actually um, he was you know working across multiple companies, multi-millionaire, working across the US, UK, and Australia, yeah. and he was proud of it. He was like wearing it as a badge. You know, Mello, I did an all-nighter last night. I worked till two o'clock in the morning. No I, worked on, I worked on the aeroplane. I worked in the airport lounge. I worked when I got there, and his body said, uh. Uh-uh. I'm not doing this anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's not producing testosterone, it's not producing mm. hormones. He was actually hospitalized for months on end. And we had to reclaim his self-care like 101. Yeah. Like let's go back to eating well, sleeping well. And yeah. you know, he's a changed man now. He still runs those businesses just as successfully, but he's yep. healthy and can enjoy it. That's great. That's great. Why don't you show us your book, Rick? We'll talk about this. Beating burnout and finding balance. Hold it right in front of the camera. They're going to show us. A, there we go. That's a book. It's available on Amazon, I'm guessing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, published yeah. by Wiley. Um, Amazon pre-sale right now, so it's uh-huh. it's all fresh, hot off the press. All right. Um, pretty exciting. Very good. So that's a great story with that with that executive. What about somebody whose um, their symptoms might not be as apparent? Like, hey, I'm doing okay. You know, I, I, I intermittent sleep, but my I'm going okay. Is there like different different degrees of burnout? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's, there's there's stages of burnout that people go mm-hmm. through, and for the book itself, I actually interviewed about two hundred people, you know, through burnout wow. that suffered burnout. And what I was blown away by was ninety percent of the people that I interviewed didn't know they were burning out until it was too late. That's my point. Yeah. Yeah, and so there's stages there that we go through in many ways, and sometimes we either ignore the stages. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, just, I'll just keep going. It's a bit like the oil light comes on on your car. I don't worry. Right, I'll just yeah. keep driving. Don't worry Check about engine. it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or they just don't have the techniques and, and tools to pull themselves out of it. So there's yeah. you know, varying stages. I meet people on all of those stages. Sometimes, mm-hmm. actually, just yesterday, I saw a client who's lacking sleep. 
um, and that's having a consequence on his health and well-being. So yeah. he's about sort of middle stage of burnout. He's a doctor, he's a surgeon, and you know has to work you know long shifts and hours. So I have to get him back to sort of you know, yeah. health again. So often it is very subtle, to be honest. Often the signs mm. are very subtle. It goes from everyday stress to sort of chronic stress. Then from chronic stress, it goes to what's called allostatic load. And that's like allostatic stress where we start feeling tired, exhausted, you know, depleted, mm. and then it will turn into a burnout. So if I can meet you earlier on in the stage of yes. like every, everyday stress, we have a much better, you know, easier, yeah. easier journey together. Right. What are some of the, uh, the symptoms that someone should be looking for or help with their awareness? Yeah, first of all, lethargy is, is obvious. So yeah. it usually turns, so I'll just reverse a little bit there. So sure. the first stage is a normally like overwhelm, like the opposite of, you know, tiredness. It's like overstimulated, overwhelmed, yeah. too much going on in the mind. And they just can't focus anymore, lack focus, lack, lack um, you know, being able to do one thing at a time. And then the overstimulation then turns into like not being able to sleep at night, yeah. you know, not be able to focus on one thing, things that mm -hmm. normally will be easy for them will be difficult for them to do. Right. And then that, then that turns into like, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, you know, yeah. and then it's like the opposite end there. So just reading the signs, sometimes they're physical signs. Sometimes it's like tension mm -hmm. in the body, tension in the chest, uh, in the mind you know, is busy, insomnia, you know, there's a whole range of things because it affects everybody differently. And yeah. it's a matter of just listening to yourself, like tuning into yeah. yourself. We are so disconnect, disconnected with ourselves. Sometimes we miss all the signs. Yeah, that's why I think it's, I hope you probably cover that in the book, what to look for to help people yeah. prevent and whatnot. Do you find it equally distributed, this distress between male and female? Or is it more guys? Yeah, there's, not, there's no bias at all. There's no, there's no gender bias. There's not even any... Um, you know, education bias, for example, I, I coach professors, I coach a, a associate professor. And I thought when mm -hmm. I started coaching him, I thought, how could I possibly coach this guy? He's, yeah. he, he's, he's written the book on emotional intelligence. He's, <laughs> That's he's right. Been, but when it comes to burnout, it's not biased against anything. It's same as mental health in general. Right. In ways, so. how, how about industries? Yeah, definitely industries. Yeah, there's higher rates of burnout in like healthcare industries. Yeah, which is kind of kind of ironic in a way. You know, we're here to help people and serve people, and then we don't look after ourselves. Yeah, in many ways. Well, I think what I I read years ago, I think one of the number one profession for suicide is uh, people in psychiatry. <laughs> so, yeah, it's crazy, listen, isn't it? Listen to someone's crap all day long. I'm like, oh my god, forget it. <laughs> Totally, uh, totally. It it's absolutely crazy. I, I work in psychiatric clinics, as I said, and I often see the consequence of you know, the psychologist burning out or the psychiatrist right. burning out. Right. It's crazy. The, the very thing that we need the most often is the thing that we let go of, like our, yeah. our, our basic self-care. When we get busy, when we get stressed, when we get overwhelmed, yeah. oh, it's just, just, I'll just keep pushing through. I'll just keep going yeah. or... Um, I'll skip the gym tonight. Don't worry about it. Or I'll just eat on the run. I'll get takeaway. Mm -hmm. Or you know, I'll just work all the way through. So it's often yeah. the thing we need the most that we let go of. So. Right. So um, whether it's awareness or solution, I'd love to give you if you have the last few minutes here. Is there one simple technique someone could take away today in the show? Is like, hey, if I just do this one thing, I could take the edge off a little bit. Yeah. So the question I often pose my clients to ask is to ask themselves every single day what have I done for me today mm. 
what, what have I done that's just for me? What have I done that fills up my cup? What have I done that you know mm-hmm. gives me the resources? I typically start my day with with a morning brisk walk in the sunlight to get that serotonin production up. Yeah. Then I have a meditation practice and then I have a healthy breakfast. So three wins before the day's even started. Mm-hmm. That's just for me. Mm-hmm. It's not negotiable. So yeah. so please guys make your, make these practices whatever they are. Yeah. Make them not negotiable because you'll be a better performer. You'll you'll be yeah. able to you'll be a better partner. If you ever have better relationships, mm-hmm. all those things will come from just looking after yourself. Right. So, and make yourself yeah. a priority. Number I one. love that. What I do, my um, and like I said, I'm not that good at meditation. I get I get 15 minutes in, and my brain flies off. But I always include gratitude in there. Awesome. Uh, beginning yeah. and end of the day. So no matter what crap happens, I always say gratitude. I, I I go to sleep with it, and I wake up with it. So I kind nice. of do, do you write it down? Do you actually no, write I it just, down? I just sometimes I say out louder to myself who and what I'm grateful for. And it's 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 always always put family in there, of course, but. Sometimes I'll pull grateful for a, uh, you know, an irritating client because uh, yes. they taught me something or, you know, some setback because that taught me something. So I'll try to be grateful for the easy things, of course. Yeah. I try to be grateful for things that are not easy. And because it's always because sometimes it takes years for those lessons to come into play. I'm like, they shouldn't. I can make a lesson happen now if I just think it's, you know. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I used to say to myself also, but when I started writing it down, I realized I, well, when I was saying it all the time, I'd usually say the same things i'm yeah. grateful for my family grateful for my children yeah. grateful for my clients but when i started writing it down physically i had to mm-hmm. search even harder and i made myself a promise mm-hmm. not to write the same thing down twice in a week Oof. in a week so, okay, was, yeah. so you had to search for more things to be grateful yeah, for. that makes your yeah, makes your creative juices actually work towards that that makes so much sense yeah yeah very good that. very good it's a good practice so you said you got a, a free gift for our listeners today, something from the book, right? From Beating Burnout, Finding Balance, or what do you got? Yes, yeah, absolutely. I just only received this only two days ago, which is oh, the okay. sample chapter of the book, actually. So the okay. first chapter, which actually yeah. talks about that story um, when I was in the storm there. So a great nice. way to sort of introduce it. So right. happy to do that. And also happy to share a link with some free meditations that I have um, to, great. to jump on. Yeah, you go ahead and tell me what it is, then we'll put it in the chat here. What's the link? What the link is on a, an app called Insight Timer. Insight Timer is an app, and um, so I'll I'll, I'll 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 share the link with you. Um, okay. And under my name, Melo Kalako, there's about five or six free meditations, totally free. There's other okay. meditations on there by other people, but that's totally free. But um, yeah, definitely share that um, free sample chapter. Have a little look in there, and uh, okay. you you'll learn something from that already. So what's the what's the link? What should we type in here? Ah, uh, actually, the actual physical link. Yeah. Uh, for the for the sample chapter or for the both both uh, I, I don't have it on hand to be I'll honest. tell you what um we're recording this so you can email to me it'll show up in the show notes below us here okay okay so yeah. it's a yeah no problem don't worry about it just send it to me later and right, sure. people, people watching this folks look below here what we just discussed is written right down there free chapter yeah. and some sample meditations it's all there for you sorry i didn't have it prepared for you sorry that's okay. No worries. No worries, mate. Oh, I love it. Okay. <laughs> that's, my, that's my, my bad Australian. All right. Well, Mel, thank you so much. It's great having you on the show today. Look forward to uh, looking at your book and your free meditations because we can all use help with uh, de-stressing ourselves or beating yeah. burnout. Love it. Thank you, Doug. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. You bet. Have a good one. You too. All right. And that concludes our show today with uh, Mello. Uh, don't forget to take notes. Go to the show notes below there and get his free stuff. It can't hurt. You can only help. 
And uh, you're going to want to take notes. You probably did. If you didn't, they're right below there. So check them out. And that concludes our show for today. Until next time, this is Doug Crow.